What's up, my people? Thank you for joining me again on the one-on-one with KB1 podcast. It is season three. And people, I got a lot of stuff to go over because I'm reviewing Be a Man, the book I published back in 2019. So people, sit back, relax. We're going to enjoy this ride together as we talk about Be a Man on the one-on-one with KB1 podcast. What's up, my people? Welcome back to the one-on-one with KB1 podcast with me, your host, Walter Burchett, the published author of Be A Man and the Be A Man book series, and the champ is here, the champ is here, your people's champ. And my people, today I am reviewing the fourth chapter of my book, Be A Man. Yeah, the fourth chapter. And that chapter is called The March to Greatness. So, this chapter features a lot of uh, things in and out on when it comes to a march to greatness. Um, for example, Walton and his friends, they go to school. Walton is in a brand new neighborhood he has to go to yet another school as this kid he, he I believe in the first chapter I, I insinuated that he went to what five or six different schools in his lifetime and you know he's going to the 10th grade now so it's like he changed schools every other year so with this one right here he goes to a brand new school but he's not going to school alone obviously he has his girlfriend his now new best friend Tommy and for the first time ever he gets to go to school with at least one of his cousins as well as all the friends he's met over the summer and the cool thing about this is um, he doesn't have to necessarily make a name for himself but of course nobody else outside their neighborhood knows who he is so the easiest way that he does make a name for himself in school is by joining his friends on the basketball team, baseball team, um, doing this thing um, that he did over the summer, you know, making the basketball team, making the basketball team better. And also uh, he ends up making a baseball team. And for whatever reason, this team was already great before he got there because of his uh, girlfriend's brother leading the school to three straight state championships in baseball. But he and his crew lead the that same high school team to a fourth straight baseball championship, which is something I like to write in there because, you know, he didn't have anything to do with the first ones, but, you know, it kept the streak alive without... Rachel's brother, Stephen. So, Stephen and his crew, they make an appearance in this story, this chapter, again, because what ends up happening is I fast forward to the next summer and just give some, I hate doing saying the word backstory, but it's a little bit backstory to get them to the next summer. Uh, 
Stephen and Kamori, they have their uh, little baby. The baby's name is Victoria, uh, Victoria Ariana Hart. And um, for what it is, uh, she becomes a part of the story now. So, in essence, it's Walton's first niece. But of course, he and Rochelle are not married. So, technically, it's not. But um, again, we go into this chapter, continue to focus heavily on the, the core four. Walton, Rachelle, Tommy, and Kimberly. With supporting cast um, dropping in and out here and there. So, like I said before, the um, crew, they're uh, thrown back into the summertime again. Um, for the next year, so the, I guess the year is now 1999, because 1998 was a great year. Baseball was was cool. Uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa broke Roger Maris's record in um, September 1998. Man, I remember that like it was yesterday. I remember seeing number 62 live on TV when I was ironing my clothes that night. So I can always say I saw number 62 on TV. And I remember exactly what I was doing at the time. So 1998 was a was a, an amazing year. And you fast forward to 1999. 1999. Uh, I don't really remember too much of 1999 other than the fact that I got my driver's license later that year, late in that year. Um, but for Walton and his crew, he got to experience something that he. I don't think he he was ready for, and that's uh, a family reunion of his girlfriends. So that's what chapter two. I'm sorry, chapter four was mostly about. That march to greatness has a lot to do with Walter Walton's and Tommy's uh, march towards greatness, because at the beginning they talk about how they're going to focus on you know being the. I don't know the uh, just being good friends and then also being um, basketball stars, baseball stars for the school. And then they got jobs. Uh, Walton at least got a job working at the electronic superstore that Russell owned, repairing TVs, VCRs, refrigerators, etc. Electronics, essentially. And they had a conversation with uh, some of the other characters in this chapter about school and what they want to do after school. And Walton, he he's like, I got a plan. I, I already got my plan. And what that plan end up, ends up coming to be is, and I want to go to school so I can um, basically make my own video games. And that's his march to greatness. That's why he's reading up on computer um, science books. That's why he's learning a computer language. And at the end of the day, that's either going to make him or break him because his mind thinks a little bit differently than regular people. Therefore, he's going to do what he needs to do to get himself to that next level. So, 
that's a lot to be said about chapter four. And I still got a lot to, to cover in chapter four because chapter four, um, that March to Greatness um, features, you know, some, I don't want to say controversial scenes or controversial incidences, but with Walton and Tommy joining the Arlene family in their, uh, their whole deal, um, Tommy just so happens to ha- just so happens to need to be uh, the boyfriend of Kimori and I said it right Kimori not Kimberly because uh, I forgot what happens God I gotta go back and read that because I probably wrote that over 10 years ago wrote that uh, whole chapter but um, it was something that he got into and next thing you know him and Kamori are dating and Steven's not liking it and the only reason why those two are dating him is because Kimberly Tommy's girlfriend is out of town or she's at governor's school I don't know the hell governor's school is but <laughs> um, I remember it back in the day but I was like what is that what What are they doing in governor's school are they going to, to a summer camp to be to learn how to be politicians or going to be, you know, those people who make the laws so much tougher for black folks. I don't know. But yeah. But yeah, but I'm going to go to a quick break right here. Um, pop a, I don't know which one I'm going to do today. Pop a little, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, a segment in the middle of this. And we're going to go dive deeper into chapter four, the march to greatness. And we're going to wrap it up and call a day so you're one-on-one with kb1 what's up my people this is your boy walter burchett the published author of be a man and the be a man book series and my people it's that time 2020 is an election year and it's time to go out and let the world know how you feel. It's time to go vote. That's right. In the United States of America, it's our constitutional right to go out and vote. Many people lived and died for that vote for everybody. So please go exercise this right to vote and we're going to make a change in this world for the better. Thank you, everybody. I'm out. my people so as i was doing my last uh podcast i did a a little segment that i'm now calling prove me wrong and prove me wrong is just basically i'm gonna say hey look who can do this better than somebody else and people can prove me wrong either you can uh hit me up in my comments or just tell me to my face so my last segment featured uh, Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. And who would win in a dream bout between those two? Now, I said Mike Tyson wouldn't have a shot to beat Muhammad Ali. But prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. So today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. 
since in the last podcast I was talking about the 96 Bulls, they can pretty much beat any team except like the mid 80s uh, Celtics. Um, Shaq and Kobe's Lakers could beat Kobe and Paul Casals Lakers with uh, Andrew Bynum playing center. Ugh. And the Golden State Warriors, the only people they can really beat are the people in this era because I think uh, they couldn't survive playing against the Bad Bull Pistons for sure. But anyway, um, today I'm going to f- focus on something a little bit different. I'm going to focus on one person I've already talked about and another person that people love to dream about, and that's Muhammad Ali versus Bruce Lee and who would win in a bout between those two. So, you know, I've had this conversation with others before. Um, one uh, About 10 people, I would say, I've had the conversation with. Um, Muhammad Ali would, um, I said, he would definitely take out Bruce Lee and other people said well you seen Bruce Lee he's a bad man he look at all the movies that he's done and he's the the, the baddest man on the planet or something close to that that's Mike Tyson's title actually but yeah uh Bruce Lee he's he's all this and a bag of chips in a in those movies well you got to think about it he's all that in movies and not in real life now yes he is a great martial artist but uh, Muhammad Ali, he got trained to take out the hardest hidden people in the world. And I'm talking about heavyweight fighters. Muhammad Ali, so much bigger than Bruce Lee. I mean, one punch from Muhammad Ali to Bruce Lee can take him out. Now, yeah, you can talk about Bruce Lee's six-inch punch, whatever. That's all for show, man. Bruce Lee has never been in a fight in his life. Muhammad Ali not only trained to knock out heavyweight fighters, but he also trained to get hit by heavyweight fighters. Think about that for a second. To get hit by a heavyweight fighter, you got to be able to take a punch. Look what Joe Lewis, not, not Joe Lewis, Joe Frazier did to Muhammad Ali. Three fights. Them, them, them guys, 15-round bouts back in the 70s. I don't think they went all 15 rounds in all of them, but yeah, because Joe got knocked out one, one of the matches. But man, think about it. He is not going to lose to a Bruce Lee. Now, we'll never know if that ever happened, but I tell you what, if you don't think Muhammad Ali can knock out Bruce Lee, who was a bail of 135 pounds, but he was 215 pounds in his prime. You crazy people. That's all I got, people. Prove me wrong. All right, my people, we are back. And... You're on the one-on-one with KB1 Podcast, powered by the Anchor FM app. So, right before I took my little break here, um, I was talking about uh, Tommy and Kimori and how they got into this little bit of an entanglement in this chapter. And I, I completely forgot about it 
But uh, what ends up happening at um, at the family reunion is uh, one of Rachel's cousins takes a liking to Tommy, um, and that liking uh, he's not he's not down for. It. He he has a little bit of a homophobia in him, and this is after Walton gives this whole speech about acceptance, and that's part of the march to greatness is accepting people for who they are because at the end of the day it doesn't matter who you are where you come from you're you're always going to be your own person and no matter if you're black white straight gay um yellow purple (laughs) i don't know if you're different from someone else it doesn't mean you're better than someone else or you're worse than someone else we should all love each other for our differences, our flaws, and our and everything that makes us the best us of all time. So um, that was my point of writing this chapter and naming it the March to Greatness. Because if we work together, my people, we will overcome everything. And I promise you that we will overcome every single thing. So diving back into this chapter here. Um, I had to read, go back and read a little bit over it, man, because I was like, man, why does Tommy and Kim Mori get into this little bit of entanglement? And um, the reason is because uh, Rochelle's cousin Chuck uh, likes him, and Tommy's not all, he's not into it. He's he's very homophobic at this point, and, and Walt is like, hey, look, man, what damn difference does it make? He's like, it makes every difference because it's not you, dude. You're not the one who's going to be the focus of somebody. And my girlfriend's not here to kind of, you know, push this guy off to the side. So what am I to do? And Walton's like, you can get a girlfriend for the day. (laughs) And essentially that girlfriend for the day is Kim, a.k.a. Kimori. So um, that's what ends up happening. And the cool thing about this is um, I got to show Walton's uh, his kind of his leadership style, but also the fact that you know he's accepting over everybody. He is like one of those people who's like, hey, look, if you're different, whatever, I'll just exploit what I can out of you to my advantage. And that's where this this starts. So as things start to progress in the family reunion, uh, Walton and Tommy, they play the, uh, some chess. They end up doing a big volleyball tournament close to the end. But in the meantime, um, Walton, he finally, you know, develops, he finally talks about his plan. Um, he's telling, uh, who is he talking to? Kimori and Rachel that his plan is to create a computer or a computing environment They'll allow uh, computer programmers to create higher quality video games and higher quality computing systems. So that's his thing. He wants to create an environment to make computing better. So what is that? I'm definitely going to dive deeper into that in uh, coming chapters here. But at the end of the day, um, being a leader and I, I... me being a leader in real life I put a lot of my blood in this uh, book to try to you know 
as a man, you got to be a leader of your family. And in order to get to that point, you got to go through trials and tribulations in order to make that happen. And as Walton shows his chops off a little bit here in this in this chapter a little bit uh, about being a leader. Um, one of the coolest things about um, a leader is leaders always have flaws. So towards the end of the chapter, um, they're playing this volleyball game and what ends up happening is uh, Walton's on a team the Rachelle and I believe Chuck and Tommy as well yeah he is and they beat a team of Russell and some other people and oh Kamori's on the team as well God, I, I forget I forget about this freaking chapter people I'm sorry but anyway as the group celebrate Chuck comes over and tries to give Walton a um a kiss <laughs> and in a near impossible feat Walton threw his himself backwards to the ground and yelled what the heck are you doing and it, I wanted to describe it like Matrix but I was like you know what this book takes place in 1999 and I can't remember when the first Matrix, Matrix movie came out but it wouldn't have been appropriate but so I was like, hey, let me just do it like this. Anyway, what ends up happening is uh, instead of Walton kind of like, hey, chill out. Uh, Rochelle jumps in and she becomes the man for a moment here. She's like, um, you need to check yourself. I saw you. She ought to kick her, his ass and blah, blah, blah. And and this is why it's controversial number one not every gay man is out there trying to uh, turn a, a straight person gay but every gay man ain't out there trying to jump on another person and I failed to realize that before I sent this to print and I didn't really I should have took that part out but then at the same time it shows characters flaws each person has a flaw. Me as a writer, I have a flaw. So, am I happy that part is still in here? Not necessarily, because I should have took it out. I, I knew I should have took it out. But at the same time, it shows people's flaws. It shows the fact that, hey, I can be this person, I can go after somebody that I'm not supposed to go after. Like, uh, I forgot which one of the Jacksons married his uh, former sister-in-law. It's like, eh, that's not supposed to happen, people. But in reality, it happened. So, same thing here. I went ahead and uh, I left that in there. And instead of Walton kind of like being Mr. Homophobic about it, Rachel, she stood up for a man going against another individual trying to do something or do do a wrong in front of her to her boyfriend so that's the way I wanted to spin it and could I have spin it, spun that same situation with the female I should have I probably should have um, in some of my earlier manuscripts back in the early 2000s that's exactly what it was 
And if anybody is offended by at least that part, I sincerely apologize. But at the same time, it's a book of fiction, people. Get over it. So as I move on <laughs> and the the teen, the teenagers they, they get they get their driver's licenses, they get their cars. Uh, Rochelle drives a brand new SUV because her family is a little bit more well off than Walton's family. And Walton drives a car that was very familiar to me, a 1985 Mercury Cougar. And for those people who uh, rode around in my Mercury Cougar, I'm sorry, that's all we could afford. So that's that. But anyway, my people, um, towards the end of this chapter, a cool thing happens. Uh, Walton and Rochelle, they, they're already in a relationship for just over a year and a half at this point. Um, and Rochelle, she gets a promise ring from Walton as the two continue to grow their relationship together. Um, they work together. They go to school together. They play together, whether it's sports or video games or whatever, whatever have you. And the most important thing about the end of this chapter, as Walton's trying to get his life to come together, is the fact that he knows what's next for him. He knows if he continues to go on, going in this direction, especially with Tommy um, alongside him, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make his dreams come true. Decides that he, yeah, going to NC State. He's gonna study computer engineering, and with everybody by his side that he needs, he's gonna make that happen. So, at the end of the day, um, Walton knew that his mother lived paycheck to paycheck and he wanted something better. He wanted something that was gonna um, get him and his family out of that whole cycle, that whole cycle of living paycheck to paycheck, not generating any uh, generational wealth for his family his mom just bought a house but then still there are things that you still need to do as homeowners it's not really detailed in the book but as a homeowner i can definitely empathize and sympathize with that and then going forward people um people when you're a teenager and you got your friends all around you they're they're all from different um parts and spaces in, in the world and this family over here may be wealthy. You may not be as wealthy, but you're all friends. And, you know, you got a friend that may be able to afford to go to Harvard, one of those most expensive schools in the country. And then you may have a friend that can barely go to a community college because, you know, family ain't got the money to send them to a big, nice school like North Carolina State University. So, but at the end of the day, my people, um, Walton and Walton, Rachel, Tommy, Kimberly, they all um, start their march to greatness by dedicating themselves and getting themselves in school, in college, I should say. So, anyway, my folks, my people, that is chapter four in a nutshell. So, I'm going to end it there. I gave you my thoughts for today, and I tell you, my people, thank you for listening. I'm Walter Burchett, the host of the one-on-one with KB1 podcast, and I am out. This concludes the one-on-one with KB1 podcast for today. I am your host, Walter Burchett, the published author of Be A Man and the Be A Man book series. 
Check out my website to find out more about me and my projects at wburchett3.com. You can also find me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at wburchett3. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channels, one-on-one with KB1 every day and one-on-one with the food critic. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time around.